Today on Not Sam Wrestling, Booker T, the five-time champion, is on the show. We've got a Survivor Series card to talk about, WWE releases, promo of the week, and a whole lot more. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody is ready for another incredible week of wrestling. They're always incredible. Uh, we just got a Survivor Series card uh, over the weekend on social media, which we got to get into. A lot of stuff happening on social media. First of all, I want to say, if you're following me on social media, at Not Sam across all handles, you should know that over on the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube page, youtube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling, not only is that a spot that we upload all of the interviews that you hear on this podcast, for instance, today's interview with Booker T, if it's not already up on the YouTube page, it will be, but by the time you're hearing this, it's probably already up if you want to watch it. Our interview with Eric Bischoff is up on the YouTube page. Uh, I uploaded a video version that Not Sam Shill Marsh uh, help me create with the editing and everything. Uh, but we made a video version of the Bray Wyatt podcast when I sat down and I chronicled the story arc, the career of the character Bray Wyatt in WWE. Uh, we made a YouTube version of that. So if you enjoyed that podcast or if you haven't heard it yet, that's available now over on the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube page. Uh, so that was posted on social. Also, I saw on social... Corey Graves was on the uh, Ryan Satin Wrestling Podcast, and Ryan Satin was all like, I don't know how you do it, doing a podcast all by yourself. And I was like, I've done Corey Graves' podcast. It was like me and Graves and Vic Joseph. I don't know, when you get me and Corey Graves and Vic Joseph in a room together, I don't know how you don't have a podcast. But Ryan Satin said, you know, I guess maybe Graves does like... Uh, intros or maybe he used to do the show by himself and Ryan Satin was like I don't know how guys like you Sam Roberts can do it on your own and Corey Graves is like well Sam Roberts has no friends and you know what I heard an acknowledgement between two people that Sam is the best who can do this who can do this better than me a solo wrestling podcast the answer nobody so I appreciate the compliment from both of you champions and uh, men supporting men this is a great day to be the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. Um, not such a great day for a lot of people uh, in the WWE on, what was it, Thursday night? I went into a comedy club. Everything was fine. Walked out of the comedy club. All hell had broken loose following a uh, WWE earnings call with the shareholders. Uh, I did a whole podcast about this for the Patreon site, patreon.com slash wrestling. If you're a Not Sam Shill, you heard last week's Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. So you have my thoughts on literally everybody that was released. Uh, but real quick, just a quick recap, going over uh, all these people that were released. Uh, the questions that I would have if I could ask, you know, if I could ask anybody anything, first of all, I would go to the people in charge, you know, because I, uh, I, I don't need to hear from the people that are like, oh, I heard this, I heard that. No, I want to hear who you would have heard that from and who they would have heard it from. I want to hear top-level people, and I want to ask them, like, what was the plan with Eva Marie? I think Eva Marie would have worked great if the Dewdrop angle had continued. If it was like Dewdrop was the one wrestling, Eva Marie was the one taking credit, that seemed like something that had legs, but once you ended that, it was almost like you had nothing to do with Eva Marie. So what was the thought of bringing her back to begin with? Harry Smith, why sign Harry Smith, never use him, and then go, why'd we sign Harry Smith? Well, you should know. I don't know. I'd love to find out. Um, I was thinking about where people are going to go, right? Because uh, there is there are spots now. I think, for instance, uh, Lucha House Party. I think uh, Graham Metalik and Lince Dorado, they're both so good. Graham Metalik especially, but Lince Dorado too. Like, those are two guys that aren't going to have any problems. I think you're going to see those guys everywhere. I think you're going to see them in Mexico. I think you're going to see them in AEW. I think you're going to see them in Impact. I think you're going to see them in Ring of Honor. Those are guys that I think are going to pop up everywhere. Uh, if I'm uh, TK, if I'm Tony Khan right now, the one name on this list that I'm getting for AEW is Keith Lee. And who knows, by the way? You know, I read all the rumors that you read. Who knows why people get released? Who knows what has to do with uh, vaccines and not getting them? 
or who knows what the hell is going on, right? All we know is what we read. So I don't particularly want to speculate on that because I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I do feel like all things even as we see it presented on television, because that's the perspective I come from, Keith Lee is the name on the list that I feel like uh, Tony should probably try to get an AEW as soon as humanly possible. I think that's the name that's going to make the biggest impact. And I think that 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 is the name that is going to complement their roster. I think adding uh, Mia Yim and Frankie Monet to their women's division would be a good idea. Um, although I could see Frankie Monet going back to Impact as well or, or doing what I see the uh, Lucha House Party doing, being all over the place. Um, I see that for Ember Moon. I, I could see who knows where what is going to happen with Ring of Honor. But I could see, I think Ember Moon is probably uh, destined for Impact Wrestling. I think uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlet is an interesting one. I think that's one that uh, nobody saw coming. I think Karrion, the best thing Karrion Cross and Scarlet can do, because I feel like Karrion Cross became a WWE guy. That feels like a WWE act now. So I think the best thing that they can do is get out there in front of as many different audiences as humanly possible and get that buzz going again that they had right before they went to WWE. I think that having a non-exclusive deal and just being everywhere and showing the world, oh my God, you know, these people are the best. I think that's the move for Karrion Cross and Scarlett. I think the same, you know, Nia Jax is an interesting one to me. Of all the people on this list, who feels the most WWE? It's Nia Jax. You know, you, you she's never been anywhere besides WWE. So... You know, who knows? Maybe maybe some of these people will end up back in WWE. But it'll be interesting to see where Nia Jax goes. Big bummer of a day um, on Thursday. I'm a big Nia Jax fan, by the way. Uh, I know that's not the most popular thing to say. Um, obviously, uh, there were a lot of rumors and stuff about her, but there's a lot of rumors about a lot of people. There have been a lot of rumors about me. That's why I, I, I take every rumor with a grain of salt. I go on a show and just make a joke about Montez Ford, and all of a sudden it's truth. I'm getting it in my at mentions. I go, okay, I guess that's how these things work sometimes. Um, but I think that Naya, uh, Naya just played her role so perfectly. I mean, I think she she exemplified irresistible force. Uh, I think that with every role she was given, she performed it to the best that anybody could possibly perform it. And I just I just feel like she was one of those performers that. You buy a ticket to see, and it is a big deal. You buy a ticket to a show, and you're sitting in the audience, and you go, yeah, this is what I bought a ticket to see. So, I don't know, man. I'm a Nia Jax fan, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what this next chapter in Nia Jax's career starts to look like. The other thing that we saw pop up, oh, by the way, I said promo of the week on the little cold open. Anybody that hasn't watched the Eddie Kingston, CM Punk back and forth, Apparently, my old pal Eric Bischoff says he's going to say something about it on his podcast. Um, I doubt it's a criticism. I think it's a Swervsky. I think he's going to say that he liked it. But, man, that Eddie Kingston. That Eddie Kingston is so good. If you haven't seen that, I think it was on maybe Rampage. I don't know. Go out and find that. It was great. Uh, just a great back and forth. And Eddie Kingston just owning the space that he's in. Uh, CM Punk's good, too. But Eddie Kingston just had another moment. It's what Eddie Kingston does. So this week, this weekend, WWE announced the Survivor Series matches on Twitter. Um, I love Survivor Series. You know, I'm a WWE guy. I grew up with Survivor Series. Um, you know, I, 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 I remember how shocking it was in 91 when they go Hogan versus Undertaker, titles on the line, the gravest challenge. Survivor Series 1991, Detroit, Michigan, the gravest challenge. I went one-on-one. -on -one. At Survivor Series? I thought teams of five were going to strive to survive. One-on-one. -on -one. And then 92 Survivor Series rolls around. And it's just, it should be Survivor Series 92. Stips galore. Stips on stips on stips. First ever WWE nightstick match. Hogan, uh, boss man versus nails. We're going to settle this score once and for all. The prisoner versus the convict. Or the guard versus the convict. The prisoner and the convict are probably the exact same person. But maybe maybe Nails is dealing with something internal and it becomes, I don't know. I don't know what was going on in Nails' head at the time. 
The first ever WWE coffin match, Kamala versus The Undertaker, where Ugandan giant had been terrifying WWE audiences forever, and all of a sudden we find out that he's scared of coffins. You know, it hearkened back to Jake Roberts versus Andre the Giant when we find out Andre's only fear in life is snakes. Kamala's only fear in life was coffins. You had uh, the what was supposed to be the ultimate maniacs versus Ric Flair and Razor Ramon turned into the return of Mr. Perfect. You know, and then I think you had one eight-man tag on there. But they would go back and forth, you know, try a bunch of things at Survivor Series. One of the things that, I mean, as a kid, I found it most interesting. I see now why it makes no sense whatsoever. But it was the... Uh, wild card match which they never explained how they came up with the teams it was just a wild card and it was like rivals would be on the same team like Sean and Sid or something would be on the same team Ahmed Johnson would be on the heel team and it was a weird match when I was a kid I thought it was cool but I don't look back on it now I'm missing it I don't wax nostalgic for the uh for the the wild card match from Survivor Series 95 how about Survivor Series 93? Survivor Series 93 was a biggie. Survivor Series 93, you had the Hart family and that versus Shawn Michaels and the Knights. That match is remarkable for two reasons. Not the fact that we ever found out who those Knights were because they never got unmasked. But the two reasons were, number one, Bret the Hitman Hart showing those gams off. Bret Hart showing off his legs in a singlet. And number two, the beginning of one of the great rivalries of the mid-90s, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. That is the night that Owen finally saw, finally saw the light and realized what was going on. So you had that, and then you also had the Foreign Fanatics versus the All-Americans in your main event. The Foreign Fanatics, the Quebecers, Ludwig Borga, and Yokozuna, if I'm not mistaken, versus the All-Americans. This is, of course, coming off of SummerSlam when Lex Luger was not able to win the title. He won the match by countout. The All-Americans was the Steiner brothers, Lex Luger, and of all people, The Undertaker. And The Undertaker goes to the ring and he opens up his black trench coat. There is an American flag lining that black trench coat. Who knew in 93 that The Undertaker was that patriotic? Well, he was. There's stories about the lining being ripped out and disappearing forever. But on that night, it was there, baby. It was there. So obviously, I'm a Survivor Series guy. Survivor Series 2002, I did a whole monologue on Peacock, if you search Not Sam Wrestling on Peacock, you can find my season of television that I did for the WWE Network at the time, now the WWE on Peacock. I did a whole monologue about Survivor Series 2002 and why it was so amazing. First ever Elimination Chamber match. So Survivor Series is a big deal. And look, I don't mind the one night of the year when SmackDown and Raw go head-to-head -head for brand supremacy. I don't mind doing it brand versus brand. It's timing-wise insane that you do a draft in the middle of October and then 30 days later, teams fight for brand supremacy when they just got there. That's nuts. But even that doesn't really bother me because even though it's about brand supremacy, you can still bake some story in there. Ultimately, it's gotta be about the story. Even if the device is brand supremacy, give me a story. Like, it feels like on SmackDown, we're getting there, right? That, that we're watching on Friday, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston and the Usos and uh, Jay is supposed to kneel down. I think it's Jay is supposed to kneel down to Xavier. Xavier wins. Roman Reigns comes in. The bloodline and the New Day over on SmackDown is just at each other's throats. Roman Reigns is the head of the table but Xavier Woods is walking around with a crown on his head. Wow, that's not going to sit right with Roman Reigns. That's not going to sit right with the bloodline. Who's going to finally come in to settle the score? Big E from the New Day over on Raw, but it doesn't matter that he's on Raw because at Survivor Series, he's the WWE champion. Roman Reigns is the Universal champion. Roman Reigns versus Big E, and it feels like a story is being baked in. The fact that regardless of who wins that match, the titles stay where the titles stay, that no... It's champion versus champion with no titles on the line. So I think that there you do have to bake in some story, right? Other than which brand is better that we just got drafted to. That's happening. It feels like with Roman versus Big E, even though that match hasn't been announced. When you look, by the way, at what this card that is not announced could look like, I'm theorizing 
that we're going to have Roman Reigns versus Big E. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Damian Priest. And the Usos versus RK-Bro. That is like an insane card. That is an absurdly good pay-per-view card that they haven't announced. And it's like a week and a half, I think, till Survivor Series. Wild. Just insane. They did announce who the teams were uh, this week, which I hope they do something with. Because my problem with announcing teams via social media is it goes back to something that I've talked about on the podcast before, which is where you can tell a story, tell a story. The one thing that I don't like is when there is an opportunity to tell a story and the option is taken to not tell a story. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't even know how you can justify that. Well, you don't always have to tell a story. No, you don't always have to tell a story, but where you can tell a story, you should. This is what we do, pal. We make movies. So the Raw men's team is Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Dominic Mysterio, which is a hell of a men's team, but it is five men that were on SmackDown a month ago. They are going to be taking, and there's feuds going on within that team. So I, I think that there can be, there, there may be some upheaval and who knows if these teams will remain uh, constant? Who knows if these will actually be the teams? Hopefully, this week of television, Raw and SmackDown will be all about Survivor Series. If they are, I got no problem. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. If they're not, and they're just saying, like, this is what's going to happen, that's strange to me. But if that's what we're doing this week, let's go. SmackDown men's team is Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, Xavier Woods, Sami Zayn, Happy Corbin. A good team, I don't know if it's as good as Raw's team, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Dominic, Rey Mysterio, Kevin Owens. Four, I'm not going to say which four, four out of those five legends. I'm not going to tell you which is the fifth. Over on SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, Xavier Woods. Here's my thing. Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. Four out of those five are world champions. I'm not going to say which four. On SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, Xavier Woods, Sami Zayn, Happy Corbin. Two-ish out of five world champions. I'm picking Raw's team. But it is elimination rules, so who knows. Uh, And the Raw teams were, I mean, the women's teams were announced too. Uh, Raw is Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Zelina Vega. I feel like they sh- that should be f- cohesive enough, you know. I think uh, Carmella and Zelina Vega may let their egos get the best of them. Maybe Zelina will want to be the team captain, even though everybody thinks it should be Bianca Belair. Maybe uh, Nikki Cross is over there going, I'm sitting in the middle, like, what do you want from me? Nikki Cross is like, well, my tag team partner is on this team. I would love to be on this team too. And everybody else is like, nah, we'll see. Then over on SmackDown, you've got Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, Natalia, and Aaliyah. So, two things going on here. Shotzi and Sasha have to figure out, can they coexist? I don't think so. And Aaliyah's like, is this going to be my SmackDown debut? Because if it is, that puts the SmackDown team at a disadvantage, I would say. So I am hopeful that uh, over the next couple of days, uh, or, or over the next week or I think we have two weeks right yeah because full gear is on this weekend so Survivor Series is two weeks so we got two Raws and two Smackdowns to mix and match with these teams tell some stories maybe Seth Rollins wants to get his hands on Drew McIntyre maybe uh, Sami Zayn wants to uh, see if Dominic Mysterio has taken his advice maybe Kevin Owens and Happy Corbin are gonna uh, uh, reignite their rivalry who knows Who knows? But I think we are going to need some... uh, I don't think we need people going from brand to brand necessarily. I don't think we need their bodies there. But I think we need some words being heaved back and forth. I don't think that would hurt anything. Get me invested. Get me invested. Get me excited. Let's go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Speaking of getting me excited, I'm excited about today's guest. Booker T is on the podcast. Now, I do uh, want to know, we talk about a whole bunch of different things. Reality of Wrestling is coming to Las Vegas, Nevada. Booker T's uh, Texas promotion, Reality of Wrestling, is doing a show in Las Vegas. It's a big, big deal. We talk all about it and the fact that you, if you're not in Vegas, are going to be able to watch it on YouTube. If you are in Vegas, you should go see it in person. Um, But we talk about it all. We talk about all his hot takes. We talk about the internet responding to a lot of what he says. We talk about uh, WCW potentially getting relaunched uh, back in the day. We talk about the match with Buff Bagwell. We talk about all of it. Now, at one point, this is very important, and if anybody uh, pulls quotes from this interview, at one point, I ask him about WWE releases and them being surprising. We don't mention any names in particular, but for the purpose of context, it should be noted that this interview was taped before Thursday night. So when we talk about releases, I am talking about the set of WWE releases that happened uh, like tour in August, not the releases that happened within the last two days. So the releases that we talk about in this interview are not the releases that just happened. Maybe he feels the same way, maybe he doesn't, but that's got to be said for context. And also we talk about Keith Lee in this interview. The context of me asking about Keith Lee was in the comments that Booker T had made about Keith Lee previously. They are not about the fact, when we did this interview, Keith Lee had not yet, his release was not announced. Keith Lee had not yet been released from WWE when I recorded this interview with Booker T. So those two things should be noted as you listen to this. Without further ado, the five-time, 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 and one for good luck champion of the world broadcaster extraordinaire reality of wrestling promoter the man hall of famer booker t the not sam wrestling interview it's been too long but welcome back to not sam wrestling the five-time booker t what's going on man how are you what's going on dog miss you bro i miss you too dude and i'm uh i'm happy for you i just saw the the big news as soon as I got the the publicity blast the reality of wrestling was was moving out of Texas and hitting up Vegas for one night only I was like well if there was ever a time to get Booker T back on the show oh he said bro that would be the time that's got to be uh that's got to be exciting for you as a not only right like as a business owner and watching kind of your business grow but also as somebody who loves wrestling as much as you do and seeing these kids that you've got kind of grow and become performers to the level that they should be traveling out there and they should be getting out to Vegas and they should be getting more eyes on them. It's got to feel good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the way I learned, um, actually, getting a chance to feel what different audience are are looking for. You know, you're just not going to learn in one spot. Um, Of course, Texas is is vast. we got a lot of room to work here. as far as, you know, different spots, but um, it's still a Texas audience. Um, it's going to be totally different when these guys go to New York. Uh, it's going to be totally different when these guys go to Philadelphia. Um, so they better know exactly what they're in for. Uh, this thing in, in Vegas is a showcase. It's a showcase for my best talent. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, rewarding these guys at the same time to be able to um, go out and show the world, uh, you know, how good they are. Um, uh, we think we uh, produce a really good um, show uh, here at Reality Wrestling, but um, 
our guys are local. Um, our guys aren't, you know, WWE guys. Our, our guys aren't AEW guys. They're local guys. But when you when you see them, you go, damn it, these guys are pretty good. <laughs> and that's what we want to show the world more than anything because, you know, to get to AEW, to get to WWE, to get to New Japan, you got to start somewhere. And that's, that somewhere is reality of wrestling. I mean, I also think that when you look at the industry as a whole, independent wrestling is back so strong, you know, like smaller organizations. I feel like AEW, WWE are pushing each other on this level way up here, but that's caused all of these independent organizations to up their game. And it's also all this talk and you know about the talk. I mean, you're, you're part of the talk every other week. Like you're, you've be, you've gone from being a world champion to a hall of famer to just a hot take king. That's what looks <laughs> hot, take, hot, take, hot takes. That's what I have now. Yeah, yeah. You used to. I remember you used to joke around about like, oh, I'm going to be a dirt sheet writer. That's what I'm going to start doing. And now I swear to God, every other week, it's like, oh. You hear what Book said about Keith oh Lee. God, you hear what man. he said about AEW. You hear what he said about. You know what? You know, you know what though. Everything I say, damn it, everything I say is true. <laughs> I'm not saying anything that's not true. You know, so guys can take it however they want. They get clickbait off of it, but I'm not going to stop talking. Uh, yeah, they, they can believe that. Yeah, yeah, and I, but but I think it's all indicative of how much interest there is right now in wrestling, like fans. Yeah are at an all-time level of just wanting to consume wrestling. And when there's not wrestling on TV, it's wrestling gossip. It's just wrestling, 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 which ultimately is a good thing for something like reality of wrestling. Oh, you, you said it, man. Um, independent wrestling um, is hotter than it's ever been, ever. Um, definitely since I've been in this business. Um, I, I tell you, um, it's shows going on all over the world. You can you can have a career just working independent shows. Um, I was talking to one of my guys just um, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Hey man, how many booking bookings are you getting a month?" And he said, "About seven. I go, I go, wow. You know what I mean? And that's definitely subsidizing, you know, his, his regular job. You know, so it, it's amazing um, to see how much is going on out there. And with reality of wrestling right now, we're doing up to maybe four to five shows a month right now. We're adding more um, as we go. Um, wow. I go, let's do, you know, a hundred shows a year um, from an independent standpoint where our guys don't, don't have to work anywhere, but reality of wrestling and do TV right here and grow out um, from reality of wrestling. Because I always say, man, you, you want to take, you know, the, 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 uh, the route that's the most direct and that's a straight line. You don't want to have to go over here, over here, over here and over here. If you don't have to, mm -hmm. um, Get somewhere, uh, make it your home, like reality of wrestling, be seen on television, YouTube um, uh, as well. And, and hopefully, like myself and my brother, someone made the phone call and say, hey, man, we want to we want to sign you guys to a deal. That's that's what it's all about. I think and that's what reality of wrestling is trying to accomplish and um, give young people that springboard to get to that next level. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, I think there was a period of time where like if you're a guy from a certain independent promotion or just a smaller promotion, it didn't have to be independent. Like that can mean something right. Like there was a time when like a ring of honor guy that meant something and it was a positive. Now I feel like, you know, when somebody gets described as like a GCW guy, it's like, oh, okay. That's like, it's, it's a positive thing. So I, I think that you're right. And I also think it's that, it's almost that old school territory mentality, right? Where like you can find this, this smaller local audience that's hungry for your product and you can really develop who you are as a performer, but also develop a full career doing stuff like that. Well, you, you got to understand, um, you, you hit it right on the head. Um, the two guys that were main inventing my show in Vegas, one night in Vegas, um, Will Allday and Cam Cole. Cam, Holt, Cam Cole had to pull out for um, other obligations. But <clears throat> these are two guys that were totally fresh to professional wrestling. I'm talking about had no training or anything. They came to one of, to, to what I call a fantasy camp. It's a five, it's a five hour day. And, um, you know, next thing you know, they join the school and then next thing you know, they, they, they become, you know, a part of the crew. Now 
they're headlining a show in Vegas. And that's what this thing is all about. It's not about um, guys that's been there um, and done that. It's about creating your brand new stories. Um, I'm talking about going on a journey that whether you make it to the big time or not, you're still going to go on a hell of a journey. And the memories you're going to take away from this is going to be lifelong memories. So um, we're trying to create from so many different perspectives here at Reality of Wrestling. And it's so many young guys out there that um, that's not going to make it to WWE. It's not going to make it to AEW. Let's just be um, uh, quite honest about this thing. Somebody might take that and make it a hot take. Um, <laughs> but but, but um, they could still be a part of something that's real with reality of wrestling. And they say, man, maybe this is all I ever needed. Um, maybe that just wasn't for me. Uh, and, and if you be real with yourself like that, man, you can actually um, – you know, um, live a, a awesome, awesome dream um, as a part of um, this crew. Seriously, yeah. Um, and, and there are, I think, there are guys I talk to now that are like, "No, we figured out a way to do this without needing to be in one of the big organizations." If a big organization comes calling, cool. But if not, we figured out a way to make this. This, I mean, the industry is so healthy right now. We figured out a way to make it work without needing that. So, if you have somebody right that's working with you. And you know, because you probably know pretty quick whether they're going to end up in a WWE or an AEW or New Japan or something like that, or they're just not. Is that something that you'll you'll tell them, or do you let them kind of figure that out on their own? Well, I, I don't um, sell dreams mm. in reality wrestling or anything like that. Um, I, I give to my students raw um, from the heart. And I tell them from the from the beginning, um, you got to know how good you are. You can't lie to yourself. You know if you're better than Roman Reigns. You know if you look better than him. You know if you look 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 better than Roman Reigns. You know if you're a better worker. Okay, you, yeah, come on. You know if you're a better talker. And 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 if you could uh, if you could convince yourself to believe that you're better when you're not. You're fooling yourself. Um, so we we try to sell no dreams and tell it to you, these guys straight. And, and, and just like, say, for instance, a guy coming to my school and um, his body is not up to par. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't look like he's been working out or anything. And I'll let him know. How do you I mean, do you think you're going to get to the next level looking like that? I say, come on. I, I can only be honest with you. I'm not saying you got to be a bodybuilder or anything like that, but you got to be in shape. And when someone look at you, they got to know it. Um, it's just like, say, for instance, Kevin Owens. He doesn't look like a bodybuilder, but I, can, I know this guy's in shape and he can go 60 minutes mm-hmm. if he had to and give you an awesome, awesome um, show. So you got to know how good you are um, when, when you're doing this. So it's it's straight, raw. And to, and, but, 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 but look at it like this also. Sometimes um, you look at a guy and you think he may not have it. And he totally um, convinced you. He totally persuade you. And he may not look the best, but his mind is so much more vast than, than most. That guy might have a chance at making it like a Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to be able to uh, have an open mind and be able to, you know, see exactly what you can get out of a person. Because sometimes they may not be the most athletic, but they may um, have something that intangible that, that the next guy don't have it is unbelievable when you bring up somebody like kevin owens because somebody who's that good at talking but is also as sneaky athletic as he is i still think people don't realize how athletic i mean just you know the other week on on raw that ladder match that they went 40 minutes or whatever they did to end that show and it was just boom hit 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 and it's almost like uh, there's a there's a degree i think to which people Take that for granted. I think the athleticism has been brought up so much in wrestling over the course of the last like 15 years that people just take for granted the pace at which you can go and the amount of bumps you can take in a short period of time. And it's like, if you really, if you put that in a vacuum and just look at it for what it is, it's a freak show, man. It's insane. Nah, man. I watched Kevin Owens take that bump onto the ladder, man. And ladder just, you know, crumbled. And uh, there's no way you can, you know, not do that 
uh, throwing caution to the wind. He doesn't throw um, uh, caution to the wind as much as he did when he was back in his ROH days, of course. But guy's been out there now for close to 20 years. Uh, but he's still one of the best in the business from an athleticism um, perspective, uh, athletic perspective, let me say that. Um, and, and I tell you, um, that's why I say you, you can't judge a book by its cover. Uh, one of my uh, first students uh, was guy by the name of Gustavo Mendoza. He couldn't even do a front roll, a side roll, left roll, a right roll. He couldn't even do it. And I, and I, and I tried my best to convince him, you know, n- not to join the school. I said, I said, man, you don't want to do this. I said, you're just going to get yourself hurt. And he said, man, I've been wanting to do this since I was a kid. That's all I wanted to do. And Gustavo Mendoza became the reality wrestling champion, and he held the championship for a year. Nobody, nobody could beat his mind. Uh, that's how good he was. And uh, one day he goes, "Book, you know." But this is what impressed me most about Gustavo. He said, "Book, I think we need to elevate somebody else, and we need to put the title on this guy." This is one of my students talking to me about taking the title off himself and putting <laughs> it over. That right there is what we teach at Reality Wrestling. That's the sign of a great wrestler, uh, right there. Yeah, that kind of understands the storytelling and the the fact that you know it's not just about you. The whole thing has to come up with you once you've held that title for a year. That is amazing, though. Did you? Because you have to teach not only uh, based on what you've done right, but what you've done wrong, right? Did you? Were you good when you were younger about knowing, okay, I'm not quite ready for that yet, but my time will come? Or did you think you were ready for the world title as soon as you walked in the door? No, I never thought I, you know what, on an independent level, I thought I was, I was ready for the world title. I mean, the, the independent world title at, uh, you know, uh, Texas all pro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, yeah, uh, Texas all pro, uh, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go right now. Um, um, just because I was better than all of the, the guys on the card. Yeah. Uh, even though I wasn't that good, I, I was still better than those guys. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. and, then, and then when I got to Dallas, uh, my brother and I, having uh, the experience, man, we knew we was ready for the tag team championship after a while. Not when we first got in the door. We had to build our following. The fans got behind us, and we was like, bro, word of championships. They finally <laughs> gave us titles. And WCW, the same thing. Uh, I never thought about winning the World Heavyweight Championship, uh, but I did think about the Tag Team Championship, but but I knew things had to be in place, like a Sherry Martell, before something like that happened. Slipping on a banana peel, winning the Television Championship because somebody didn't, you know, bring their ring gear. You know, uh, that, that was that's how that happened. Um, I wasn't supposed to be the Television <laughs> Champion. Rick Martell forgot his gear. You know, book, we need to take the title off disco. Boom, they put it on me. Next thing you know, I, I do very well with it. And then it started you know, a fire where people was looking at me and saying, man, well, maybe Booker T can be the heavyweight champion. But I never thought that way. I just want to be the best wrestler in the locker room. If you think that way right there, everything just comes along with um, all the titles, all the accolades, everything comes along with being the best damn wrestler in the locker room. And, 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 and I don't care what nobody say. I would say it every time, you know, top that. Go ahead and top that. I pushed the guys in the locker room to, to work as hard as they could, you know, when I was working. You know, I was very braggadocious and say I was, you know, top. I would, William Regal used to want to kill me um, because <laughs> I'm serious. Because I would be in the locker room and, you know, one of the youngest guys in there, and I would say, I'm one of the top five workers in the world. <laughs> that was my slogan. I'm you'd, one of the top five workers in the world. And you'd say and that. Was, you'd say that from your chest. You'd be out loud about that in the locker room as loud as I could. I would <laughs> tell everybody, I'm the best. You know, I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin was teasing me about that book. You remember when you used to <laughs> tell people you top five? Uh, you know, I'm like, heck yeah, man, because I believed it. You mm-hmm. know, and, and then I would go out in the ring, and I felt like I proved it. A lot of people don't, you know, look at my wrestling um, these days and say, "Well, Booker T was like one of the great wrestlers," um, but. I tell you, in my day, nobody went out and stole the show from me, bro. Nobody. <laughs> and I don't care who was on the card. I went out and rocked it every night, uh, no matter what. And that's why, you know, the fans still represent the five-time champ today. Seriously. And and William Regal didn't like that you would announce that every day? No, he didn't announce. He didn't <laughs> like it. And we almost got into a fight a couple of times about it. Um, you know, everybody in the locker room, you know, heard me, the Steiners, they heard me say it um, because I was loud about it. Um, I don't know. Um, I, 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 t- I tell guys, you know, um, 
there again, you got to know how good you are. For me, um, and, and watching wrestling and watching guys do it, I studied the best. I studied the, the Nick Bockwinkles of the world. I studied, you know, the JYDs, you know, and the, the, the Ric Flairs, the, the Harley races, you know, um, the, the Rickety Dragon steamboats. Uh, I studied the guys that went out and worked in the main event. And um, I, I tried to take a little bit of every one of those guys, take a, and, and, and make and make them my own. And, 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 and from a from a psychology standpoint, mm. Jake, for Jake the Snake, Jake the Snake was so great um, as far as the psychology go. I mean, you're not going to remember a whole lot of moves that Jake the Snake did other than that short arm clothesline in the DDT. Boom, that's it. Um, but but when you think about Jake, you go, wow. Um, I'm thinking about the guys that went out and literally thought their way through this, like a Ricky the Dragon steamboat, to create his own aura of wrestling. Um, the, 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 the arm drag, nobody does it like Ricky Dragon Steamboat. Nobody has that second and third gear like a Ricky Dragon Steamboat, as far as I'm concerned. That's my era. I know we got a lot of kids out there today. Well, man, what about Finn Balor? What about this guy? What about, I understand that. But if, if those guys just took a little bit of what a guy like Steamboat brought to the table, good God, then they would understand what Shakespeare is really all about. I like that. I like that. I also like, like, as you were talking, I was sitting there realizing that, like, you and Regal almost get into a fight about this thing. 25 years later, you're the two that are still in a WWE locker room. And you must look at him and go, Regal, I guess I was right. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I tell you, uh, you know what? The first time I, I met Regal. We almost got into a fight. I swear, <laughs> the first time. And I tell you, I, I remember it so vividly. It was main event gym. Mm -hmm. uh, Sting um, and Lex Luger had a gym uh, in Marietta. And, and my brother and I walk in with Sid Vicious. And, and Regal is walking out the door. And I look at Regal and he look at me. And we look like we want to kill each other. <laughs> From that point on, we really didn't have a great relationship. Or we wasn't friends. We wasn't pals. We wasn't buddies or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, as King Booker, we're working together. <laughs> <laughs> and we had one of the greatest, you know, runs, you know, ever as far as you know, King of the Ring go. You know, so man, he's a good friend of mine, uh, William Regal. Now, but I tell you, man, but that's what it was. It was different back then, mm -hmm. opposed to the way it is now. Um, we were on um, we weren't we weren't friends uh, or anything back then. We were we we're in competition. Mm -hmm. We were vying to be the best wrestler on the card. That's what I teach my 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 wrestlers at Reality Wrestling. I say it's a merit system. The best wrestlers get the most rewards. It's just that simple. The mm -hmm. best wrestler he, he might get a bump on pay. You guys don't even know about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Um, that's what, um, you know, um, like I, I think um, Regal and I, I think um, two birds of, uh, of a feather, you know, flock together. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys have the same philosophy. Unfortunately, that philosophy led to you guys needing to fight each other because that's the only that's that's what the philosophy is. It was real. It was real. I thought William Regal was one of the best before I ever got to WCW. I saw William Regal, the television champion, William Regal um, from from England. And, uh, and I, I thought this guy was so real. Mm -hmm. His wrestling made me say, good God, man, I, I, I don't know what I would do if I'm I'm working with this guy. And I'm, I'm thinking like that in my mind, like it's real mm -hmm. because I'm watching this guy do it like it's real. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know what wrestling is. This is come on. I know what this is. But he made me believe so much um, that I could not be his friend when, when I got to WCW. I, I had to be better than him. Mm -hmm. And there's no mm -hmm. way I could be his friend and, 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 and think I was, you know, of competing with him. Um, that made everybody in the locker room better. Chris Jericho and I, we wasn't good friends back then, but we would go out and have some hell of a matches. But Chris wanted to be better than me, and I wanted to be better than him. It, it was a competition. We wasn't. I don't remember going out and having one drink with Chris um, back then. Um, but after we've gotten older and, and it's like that with real fighters. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference today, I think, with the guys um, 
you know, say, for instance, it's going to be great to go out and share the ring with someone. Screw that. I'm going out and whoop somebody's ass uh, tonight. And, and, and if I don't have that thought process when I walk out of the curtain, that's what it's going to look like, mm-hmm. uh, that we're going out and having some fun in the ring. Uh, I'm going out, and it could be my best friend. I teach my guys, I teach all of my guys um, this, and you're going to see it on, on November 19th. You could be working with, you know, your best buddy. But that night... I want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And, and it has to, it has to be that way for me when I'm walking out the curtain, um, because that's what the camera is going to pick up. Um, the camera picks up everything and it knows if you're getting ready to go and have a little dance, if you're going out there to whoop somebody's ass. And for me, every time I walked out the curtain, you thought something was getting ready to happen. Even if I was smiling for a moment, uh, it would turn to it's time to go to work. You know, I'm 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 glad you brought that up because I've brought that up and I you you notice it seldom. Like one of my favorite openings to a match in recent memory, the one one that always comes back to me is WrestleMania 31, which was Brock and Roman. It started with Brock and Roman and ended up in the triple threat. But the reason, and I remember talking to Roman about it right after on the podcast because I was sitting there in the audience. And the thing that I picked up on is that Brock came to the ring all business like Brock always does. Roman came to the ring on a different level because this is seven years ago at this point. So this is a younger Roman that's like, okay, I got to prove myself. Those two guys got in a fight in that ring. Like it was a fight. Brock wasn't there to make anybody look better and neither was Roman. It was we're going to fight each other because that's the only way that the audience is going to believe that this is a fight is if it's a fight. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. You saw those yeah. welts I mean, coming up. I, I tell you, um, that's what the business was back in the day. Um, you know, you whack me, I'm going to whack you back. You know, we'll level it out somewhere along the way uh, and, and find a, a, you know, a smooth patch of air. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but right now we got to go through this turbulence. Right. We got we to make the people feel uh, a little bumpy. And um, if I was on a flight like that just last week. And trust me, I was scared as hell. <laughs> you know, and that's what <laughs> I'm serious. And that's what uh, those guys brought to the table, realism. Um, you know, the one that sticks out in my mind was um, Brock and Cena. Yes. It was real. It was real as it possibly could be um, from a, from a, to a certain degree. Uh, and that's what wrestling has always been for me. And I talk about it these days. And, you know, um, I made a quote um, just um, just last week. I was talking about Keith Lee. And I said, um, you know, um, the company going to have to trust him, you know, um, to, to, to actually uh, put him in that position to be um, the, the guy. Um, and the reason I say that, because I'm speaking from, experience i'm speaking from you know being in that same position um as he's in right now but i said at the end of that uh, my quote was um keith lee is gonna have to uh, make them a believer and that's what uh, i think a guy like keith lee needs more than anything um to be told hey man go out there and, and do this um because I always refer back to young people and being a young person once upon a time myself. Um, I know all I needed sometime was a pat on the back and told and to be told, man, you could do this. And I know I would have did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is the thing. You look at Keith Lee and clearly if he's beating somebody up for real, you're like, that's a guy that can beat somebody up for real. Like that's, yeah. and, 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 and yeah, I think, and I think you're starting to see that more, right? When Keith Lee comes out now and he's doing the Bearcat stuff, like the more aggressive side, you actually get a slightly less athletic side and a far more aggressive side. And it becomes this thing where I don't want that guy to, to smash my face in. Well, you know, you got to know how to, you got to know how to go out and, and uh, keep yourself over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes you know, a guy like a Keith Lee who is so, you know, athletic um, and can go out there and do so many, um, you know, things, you know, and being such a big guy, um, he can get caught up in the moment. Um, and, but but he could be working with the guy that he shouldn't be doing that with. Mm. And, and that's the um, problem that Keith Lee has had. 
in my opinion. Um, um, but the Bearcat um, um, coming out of him and him going out and just, you know, beating guys like like he should, but still knowing how to add, add his athleticism when need be. Um, if, if I was working with him, you know, man, Keith Lee would be a monster, baby. Mm-hmm. He'd be a monster. Um, and, 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 I, and I think he's uh, definitely on his way. Do you talk to him? Because that was one of your hot takes. That was one of the Booker T hot takes that was the Keith Lee hot take. Do you When, when something like that ends up spreading across the internet, do you reach out to a guy like that and go, here's the clarification, here's what I was saying? Or do you no, just... No, 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 no. You know, I, I, if those guys call me, mm-hmm. I, I let them know exactly what I was saying. You know, and this is not the first time I've had a hot take, you know. <laughs> you made a business <laughs> out of it. <laughs> but but um, if you hear me say something, it's always going to be constructive criticism. And it's always going to be from a perspective to where I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm I'm giving you a message here. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a message and I'm not going to go out and bury you like a lot of people would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm saying something, you know, like I say, from a constructive criticism perspective to, so you can come to me and say, book, what are you talking about? Well, you know, make me understand what you was talking about. And I'll tell them exactly what I'm talking about. And trust me, it will benefit them 100% and make them so much better than the internet um, chatter. Um, that, that people telling them, you know, do this and do that. Trust, I know I can help. I know I can. Um, without any shadow of a doubt, anybody that I've, I've talked about from Naomi to CM Punk, um, if, if you, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you got my phone number. Call me and I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about because I've done it. I have no ax to grind and I, I don't have any reason to hurt anyone. I want to see everybody come up. Um, that's why I have a wrestling school and had one for the last 17 years. Um, that's a labor of love. Man, I could have been on the beach. spending <laughs> 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 some money. Uh, but uh, I do that because I love it. And every guy that I, I, I talk about, uh, it's because I, you know, I want to see them do better, man. I want to see them make it to that next level, um, just like I did, you know. And it's an awesome, awesome feeling uh, when you get there. From a perspective of of uh, building new superstars and what's coming up next and everything, what do you think about the changes that WWE has made to NXT? The whole facelift and what appears like when you watch the show, what appears to be an entirely different philosophy as to what that show and what that brand is going to be about. What have you thought of it over the last month or so? You know, man, if you listen to the internet, uh, you might lose your mind. So, I mean, <laughs> they close up shop <laughs> and shut it down. Um, but I say this, this is something I've said since day one. All right. And I haven't, um, you know, moved on my stance on this. Not one time. I said, this is what NXT should have been and stayed from the beginning. Um, because it is a form league. It is about grooming those guys to get to the next level. And if you got stars down there, when they get to, to Raw or SmackDown, they're already stars. You can't create anything any further from what they already are. Uh, but if you're down there molding these guys uh, from a young talent perspective and the ones that are ready to get up out of there, to go to the main roster, get them up out of there, put them on the main roster. The ones that just lagging around, get rid of their ass because they just dead weight um, because this is a business uh, first and foremost. It's about there again, fueling the main roster, Raw SmackDown with new fresh talent for the guys that's already there to work different guys opposed to working each other all the time and still having a show where you see some young guys come up and you're familiar with who they are and then when you see them packaged to go in the main roster you say, oh man, such and such finally made it up out of there but if you just keep those guys down there only thing you're doing is competing against yourself. There have been, uh, uh, when when WWE is releasing some of the talent, I know, you know, talking about the internet, some of us on the internet, some of us fans that watch, we're sitting there uh, uh, awestruck, dumbstruck, I should say, sort of shocked at, at a few of the names specifically that WWE released. Were you feeling that same shock or did you kind of see a perspective that maybe those of us watching at home don't see? Not yeah. and and you don't you could bring up names if you want, but I no, I, no, I, no, I worded no, that to not no, you know put anybody no, on no. blast. No, the the way I look at uh, stuff like that when it comes to hiring and firings, 
you never know what's going on uh, from an inner workings perspective, first mm-hmm. and foremost. Uh, this is a business. Uh, people get hired and fired all the time. Um, as, as far as um, did it shock me or, or anything like that? No, I, I wasn't shocked, not, not one bit, because when you got a business of that magnitude, you don't know how you would run it until you was in that position. You could talk on the internet and say, oh, they shouldn't have did that. They shouldn't have did this. They, they should do this. They should. You could do that. But until you got it yourself and it's your own, uh, you don't know what decision you're going to make until you're in that position. So guys uh, getting fired these days in the business, I say it's going to happen. But the one thing about these days is these guys going to be able to find work somewhere else. They're going to be okay. So it's not like these guys are going to be, you know, on, on, you know, on welfare or anything like that. They're going to be able to go and get a new Japan is, 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 is open. AEW is open. The independent world, like I say, is hot as it's ever been. And guys with a name, all, all you got to do is say, I'm I'm ready to be booked and your number is going to be ringing off the hook and they're going to be flying you some. It may not be a WWE um, type crowd. It may not be like an AEW type crowd, but trust me, the, the check is going to still cash. Uh, the, the cash is still going to spend. So guys need to just get off of, you know, being so toxic on the internet when they see their favorite wrestler, um, something like that, you know, they get released or someone say something about their favorite wrestler and they feel like they got to come to the defense of that wrestler when that wrestler hadn't come to his own defense because perhaps he didn't think anything was said about him was worthy to say anything because it may have been constructive enough to where he said, man, Maybe he's right. It's a teachable moment. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And the, and, the, and the thing is, no matter where you are in this business, if you get to a point to where it's not a teachable moment and you can't decipher it, you need to move on. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, bounce back, right? I was thinking about, uh, this is, you know, weird wrestling things pop into my mind all the time. Stuff from 20 years ago just pops in. I start thinking about it. I go, oh, I never thought. How do you, as somebody, because you've had a lot of successes, but you've also had a lot of setbacks. You've had a lot of these moments where where it's like, oh, I wish that hadn't happened. When, uh, when WWE buys out WCW, and I'm sure you've talked about this a million times before. And they bring, they they go like, okay, the first thought is we're going to create our own WCW. And WCW is going to be a separate brand. And obviously, since you leave that nice, that last Nitro with the title, you're going to be the top of that brand. This is all good news for you. And they go, we're going to launch it. We're going to put you and Buff Bagwell on Monday Night Raw, but it's not even going to be Monday Night Raw. We're going to turn the whole thing into WCW. And you're like, okay, here we go, baby. Here we go. And then the match happens and they go, yeah, no, 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 we're not doing that. Like yeah. that, that, and forget about buff. Like that yeah. has to, that has to, for you, how do you bounce back from that and go like, okay, I need to regroup and figure out that plan's not working. I need to figure out what the plan is and, and, and work into it. You know what? I never had a, a, a second thought as far as was I going to make it in WWE? Not mm-hmm. one, not one time. Uh, I remember when WCW was closing the night that they came in with the trucks and everything and WWE had, you know, pretty much uh, took over everything. And uh, it was a sad night for a lot of guys. And I remember one of the guys, I'm not going to say his name, but he came up to me because, look, man, this is it. The last night, man, it's WCW is over, bro. He's literally just crying, tear coming out of his eyes. He said, what are you going to do? I say, man, I'm going to WWF. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep working, man. I'm, I'm, like, what are you, I'm, like, I'm like, okay. I mean, I've seen death in my life. My mother passed when I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. My mother passed when I was 10 months old. So I knew nothing um, lasts forever. Um, I knew I was prepared. Preparation is the only luck you're ever going to have um, in this life, in this business, um, if, if you plan on getting ahead. I knew I was prepared to work with anybody in the world at that time. I was in the best shape um, that I could ever be in. And I wanted to 
I wanted to test myself against Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, and everybody else on that damn roster because I felt like I was the top five worker in the world. <laughs> I forgot but, about uh, that. I'm serious, <laughs> man. And, uh, when I came in uh, the night they did the thing with Buff Bagwell, or, or even the the uh, you know the um, the feud you know between the WWE and, and, and WCW, I I had put WCW behind me. Okay. Those days were behind me. It was time for me to make something totally anew. Um, working with Marcus Bagwell, um, you know, God bless him, but he was going through a whole lot at that time. And and, and I, I just don't think he was prepared, preparation um, for that night. Uh, I, I felt like I was prepared for it, but, you know, I can't go out and, you know, make magic happen. Um, but I knew that was a bad night. Um, you know, when it was, when it was over, I knew it wasn't our greatest moment. I mean, we got pulled in the office immediately and was told that it wasn't our greatest. <laughs> just, just in case there was any confusion. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, uh, you know, I say, man, put me in the ring with anybody, bro. I say, just put me in the ring with anybody. Um, uh, that, that, that smell will go away real quick. Mm-hmm. So the next person I think I worked with was Diamond Dallas Page. And me and Dallas, we went out. It wasn't the greatest match in the world, but Dallas is a hard worker. And uh, we went out and had an okay match. Um, but for me, uh, I had no uh, no thoughts that, you know, I was going to be there. I didn't think I would be there this long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear, that was not the plan. But uh, I knew that I was going to be a guy that was going to, have a run in WWE and it was going to be a, a pretty good run. That's interesting. So even as like the WCW brand falls apart, it's really no sweat for you. Cause you wanted to be a WWE guy at that point. Anyway, you were ready to, no, no, no. I, I never wanted to go to WWE. I would have rather stayed at WCW forever um, and finish my career out there. But um, there again, um, when you get put in a situation, you got to deal with it. Um, I went from being a kid on the street that, you know, got locked up in prison. Um, the first time being, you know, in jail. Um, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't know how to pivot and deal with whatever situation that you get put in, you can find life really, really, really hard. Um, even though life is the hardest thing that you're ever going to have to deal with in life. Um, but for me, I always felt like, you know, put me in a situation and I, and I got to figure out how to deal with it. And uh, most times, uh being in those situations, I figured it out. I, I This just occurred to me as you were talking. Do you have any thoughts on Nick Gage at all? I don't even know how familiar you are with Nick Gage, but when we talk about that struggle and, and going through it and coming out the other side, because he's got a re- – I mean, his whole philosophy on wrestling completely changed, and he changed as a human being so much for the better, I think, you know, to my from my perception, after he got out of jail. Um do you keep up with him at all? Do you have any thoughts about what he's doing? Oh, I've watched his stuff, man. Um, and uh, I've given him props live on my show. Um, those don't I, become, by the way, those you're complimenting him. Those don't become the hot takes. No, no, that wasn't a hot take. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think so. I think they might've reported on it, but it wasn't a hot take. It didn't go viral or anything like that. But um, I, I said, I, but, but, but I tell you, I got a lot of heat for even um, saying good things about Nick Gage. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy how people are. Um, I said, Nick Gage, I said so many young guys in this business could learn so much from a guy like this Nick Gage. And it, it was before I was really, really familiar with him. It was with, he was, getting ready to have that match with Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, man, um, and I, then I start, you know, watching the guy. Uh, and I said, man, so many young guys can learn from this dude. I say, because I've seen so many photos of this dude. I've seen him come to the ring and I say, he's got a look on his face. Where this is real to him. This is safe. This, this is, this is my moneymaker. And I will take anybody out who try to take it from me. He's created something, um, and, and there can only be um, so few um, like a Nick Gage. Everybody can't be like Nick Gage. Um, that's why he's, you know, found his own niche in this game, and it's working for him. Um, he'll pay for it in the end, of course. Uh, that's just part of the game, too. That's just part of the payment uh, that he's going to have to have to pay. It's part of the price that he's going to have to pay at the end of the day. But um, this guy is as real as they come, and I don't see any stupid posts on social media. 
that's what I, that's what impresses me more about the guy. He, he's keeping the game still real today as much as he possibly can, even still in this social media um, climate that we that we're living in. And and if every young guy knew how to use social, every young wrestler knew how to use social media right, they can really use it properly. Man, they could get over like crazy. MJF, um, I give him a lot of props. Um, and if everyone thought that way in this business, man, it, it would be in a much better place than letting the, the toxic stupidness on social media fuel the way they drive their narrative. It's unbelievable. That is one of my one of my favorite things about Nick Cage. There's a couple of people like this that have that ability. I think Roman Reigns has this ability where, where Roman Reigns does this thing now where even the quote unquote smartest of smart fans that, I mean, they know everything. They know how the business works. They know who's behind the scenes. They know everything. They still think, but that's real. But that, but what's going on there is real. And I feel like that, that's kind of the, that's, that's the goal that I feel like everybody should be striving for. No matter how, no matter how smart fans get, you still want them looking at you and going like, but that's real. Well, you, it's, I, I used to say, uh, this is the way I used to try to, uh, you know, frame it. It's like, just say, for instance, it's, it's seven matches on the card. Mm -hmm. Five matches go by. And then there's one guy in the front row talking to his buddy. He go, man, see all those last matches? They'll watch this stuff right here. <laughs> That's the way you want them to feel. Yeah. If you you got to know how to separate yourself from the pack because we're doing the same thing. Everybody's doing the exact same thing, and you got to know how to do the exact same thing a little bit different than everyone else to be able to separate yourself from the pack. Otherwise, you're going to be just like everybody else, going out there doing these stupid matches, kick out, kick out, stupid finishes. I mean, stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and and it, it, it ruins my taste uh, for uh, what – the business was, and, and I know it could still be like that because I watch a guy like Raymond, uh, excuse me, Roman go out and, and and bring that and make you feel that way with every guy that he's working. Um, and of course, uh, everybody's not as big as Raymond. I see why I can Raymond, uh, uh, Roman, but uh, um, I think the art is still there. You can still go out and, and perform it and still have a balance as far as knowing why you're out there. I think the um, This Is Awesome chant is, is definitely uh, taking the wrestling world and, and to another, you know, stratosphere um, just because I need the This Is Awesome chant, um, but I need the fans to be invested in me first. Mm -hmm. I need them to be invested in Booker T, um, and I need them to do that um, from a sympathy perfect, uh, um, um, you know, perspective first. Um uh, especially if I'm a baby face, uh, I need to make them feel like they're a part of me. And, and I can't do that by just thinking about this is awesome chant because I know we're going to do some good stuff. I need both mm -hmm. in order to make the fans feel a certain way about me when they leave. Not just, you know, what they saw, but how they felt about what was happening when they saw it. Well, book. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and hours about this stuff. I mean, I, I could seriously, if nobody, I, I could sit here for the next two weeks and just not sign off this thing hey, and just, bro, I'm just serious, man. keep it's talking crazy, to you bro. about this. But uh, everybody, check out Friday, November nineteenth, one night in Vegas. Reality of Wrestling is showing up. If you're in Vegas, show up to the show. You can go to realityofwrestling.com, get yourself some tickets. If you're not in Vegas, Book is hooking it up. It's going to be for free streaming on the Reality of Wrestling YouTube channel. So everybody will get a chance to see it. Um, and I can't wait to see it, man. I appreciate you uh, giving your time. And we'll have to do this a lot more often. No doubt, man. Like I said, I miss you, bro. I definitely got to do this more often. And uh, anytime you want me on, bro, just give me a shot. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Oh. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.